Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. Uh, my name is Chris Evans and I'm joined as ever by Tom King. Hello. And by Stu Greenwood sat uncomfortably close to me in a very sweaty room. Hello. Um, I might take my trousers off, not to lower the tone. In this, uh, <laughs> it's a little it's, clammy. It's a very hot day today. I've also just witnessed your theme music dance, which I've never got to see yes, before. Yes, I do exciting. that every time, every time. You have one too, Stu. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I tend to, for the intro one, I dance, and then for the outro one, I sort of mime the claps that are in the music <laughs> without obviously doing it to avoid interrupting them. Yeah. What Chris saw was actually the really toned down version. It's normally a bit more ravey than that. But anyway, we're getting a bit, we're getting a bit meta. But if you have a good Twitter dance, no, Twitter dance, I'll do that again. If you have a good theme tune dance you want to send in on Twitter or Instagram or something, tell us and we might... Show them off to the rest of the world. Might yeah. Find a find a prize for yeah, it. Maybe, and yeah, maybe we'll, we'll even give a prize to the best yeah. one in the in the best uh, location. So <laughs> yeah, if you have a good back of the grid theme tune dance, show it off, and we'll see what see what we fi- feel like doing. Wow. I guess opening with a competition. That's brilliant. Stuff. Best opening we've done yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we are in fact here to talk about the French Grand Prix, which was probably a better one than we expected. I think it's fair to say. Absolutely. Um. Helped by a uh, first corner incident that put a few cars out of position, mm. um, which I guess we might as well get straight into. Um, Vettel had probably the best start of the bunch, um, got himself slightly ahead of Bottas and then sort of boxed up behind uh, Hamilton's car and stayed to the inside, but he locked up brake into turn one, slid into Bottas, spun him round, damaged both cars, um, Drop them both to the back. Uh, Vettel also came together with Grosjean as well in turn three, which caused even more damage to his car. Um, he admitted after the race that it was his mistake, but also said he had nowhere to go from the position he was in. Still managed to get driver of the day though, didn't he? Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, he got a five second penalty for his uh, escapades, um, which he took in his second pit stop but he was still able to recover to fifth place. Um, Bottas, meanwhile, had an awful lot more damage than Vettel did, um, which seemed to compromise his pace quite a bit, so he only recovered to seventh in the end. Um, a lot of people, uh, most vocally as always, Nicky Lauda, um, thought that five seconds uh, penalty was a little lenient, <clears throat> and the fact that you can crash into someone, ruin their race, and still finish ahead of them is a little problematic. Two people. Uh, yeah, actually. Grosjean's as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's another silly mistake from Beth- Vettel when he's leading the championship, which is becoming his calling card these days, I think, isn't it? Yeah, they'll start calling him Verstappen soon, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only a few letters off <laughs> in his short name. <laughs> yeah, just just mashing up. Yeah, um, Verstappen did say after the race that maybe people should go and start asking him to change his driving style after his um, incidents, which I enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely fair play to him as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just a silly mistake. Ruined his race. Ruined Bottas's race. Do we think five-second penalty is a bit lenient for it? It's difficult because, and the reason I think this is because it is the thing I take into consideration with this is the tyres. So 
what you've got is you've got the, both the Mercedes on a harder compound of tyre, yet oh, yeah. Vettel on better rubber finds it harder to get stopped from further back than Bottas alongside him on harder rubber. And that, to mm. me, I think, does demonstrate how much is taken away when you lose that airflow over that front wing, you know, how much stopping power you lose. Because not only does Bottas break a lot later, he's on a harder compound of tyre with less grip at the start of that race. So I think it's a good demonstration of how much that washout does affect. If, if a few weeks ago in Azerbaijan with the Daniel and... Uh, Max incident didn't show it. I think this does show it. Um, you'd expect better of a four-time world champion, though. Is is the, that, is yeah. the other yeah, side was, of the coin? I think he was right under Hamilton's gearbox mm. at the time. I guess, but he was. But then, how many other times has he been under someone's gearbox at the start of a race and not plowed into the person next to it? Yeah, yeah, true. And then that's the thing. It's like when's the last time you remember Hamilton making a silly mistake like that? at the start of a race like I honestly can't remember the last time Hamilton did something stupid like that and you know given how close this championship is like stuff like this is going to decide it I think yeah uh, I, I, I don't want to I'm not going to make excuses for him I think he made a mistake he made a huge mistake and it's cost him a, a shot at the win he hmm. should have been he, he put himself in the right position to split the Mercedes and really take the fight to Lewis. They had a faster car on the straights and uh he's, he's absolutely blown it for himself. And still somehow managed to come out of it with driver of the day, which really hurts me. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely tell. don't think he should have been getting that. Um I wasn't trying to defend the accident itself. What I was thinking is more that it's a lot less his fault than I think some people are suggesting it is because it's an awkward situation to be in with Bottas coming across him. I think... Yeah, true. So I, I think with the penalties on offer, you a stop-go or something would probably be way too harsh, but I, I can't remember what they can apply a past a five-second, maybe 10 or something. They could have, put, they could have done a 10-second... Um, yeah. It absolutely warranted a ten second for me. I he think I it. think that's where it should have been. I agree with you yeah. there that I think that's where it should have been. Um, yeah. A little harsher, but I don't think you could have gone too much harsher because it's not far off being a racing incident. In all honesty, I don't think these things happen in turn one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's true. But like you said, like we're talking about a full time world champion, and he should have the experience to, you know, not go steaming in on the brakes like. He could see the situation he was in break a little bit earlier. Like, yeah, I think it's again the, these risks in turn one that are hurting him. Again. Yeah, and I think the other thing that maybe makes the penalty not look harsh enough is the fact that he was able to recover better than Bottas. If Bottas was able to recover more to where. Vettel was and Vettel was more where Bottas was by the end of the race. Bottle. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think there'd be as much questioning of the penalty. And I think that that's part and parcel of it is the fact that Bottas has still ended up worse off than Vettel. It's a little bit like that old Baku incident last year where everyone was questioning the penalty Vettel got then because he ended up better off than Hamilton still. So I don't know. I guess the trouble is, does the penalty reflect the incident or does it reflect the damage you've caused? Yeah. Which, and you that's know, it. It's a, 
Yeah, well, let's not forget it's two drivers whose races he's yeah. wrecked as well. Yeah, because so, he has, so he has Grosjean. hurt Grosjean, ultimately, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And when we get to some of the other penalties and reprimands that happen in this race, I think that makes Vettel look like he got off even lighter, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, so also on lap one, we lost two of the three French drivers in the race, which was a shame. <clears throat> um, Gasly trying to pass Ocon into turn three. Um, and it's a sort of in sync. Ocon lost the rear under braking. Uh, sorry, Gasly lost the rear under braking while Ocon sort of drifted across in front of him to defend his line. And it all just kind of ended with Gasly sliding into the back of Ocon, uh, took them both out. Yeah, I don't think Ocon's already damaged car will have helped matters there because I don't know how much of this you guys have seen, but at the start, off the grid. Yeah. He took a big whack from Grosjean, and yes, it, it appeared to do, from what I've seen on onboard footage, a fair bit of damage. There was definitely something wrong at the front end because you could see sparks from something grinding against the ground. And yeah, whether that's had an impact pretty... into the way he's turned into that corner when Gasly hit yeah. him or not, I'm not sure. But he definitely was already wounded before Gasly, unfortunately, ploughed yeah. into the side of him. There was low. You saw loads of carbon fiber come off it. Looking down the pit straight, the camera yeah. straight down the pit straight at the start. You just see as just as it flicks around to follow the leaders come through the first cur- first turn. You see all the carbon fiber flick up into the. Air. Is so is that actually from the Grosjean and yeah, thingy yeah, collision? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, they. So Gasly and Ocon both got a reprimand for the, their coming together in turn three, which I don't know. That felt a bit right, more racing incident to me, but. A reprimand doesn't really mean all that much anyway. Depends how many you get. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Grosjean, however, got a five-second penalty and two points on his license for making a sudden and significant move to the left. Um, which, I mean, we, we know, obviously, his race was kind of ruined by something that was out of his control, but it's still another really poor weekend for Grosjean. He crashed in qualifying. Mm. had that clash on lap one that was definitely his fault it's another penalty he's still not scored a single point this season <clears throat> while his teammates scored oh, I can't remember the exact number but it's a significant amount well he got eight this weekend alone he was the best exactly, of the rest yeah. effectively you know Magnussen yeah. coming home sixth so it's a weekend where home race as well for Grosjean you'd expect mm-hmm. him to be you know really wanting it and trying to keep his nose yeah, totally. out of things like that to, to maximise his potential and struggling uh, to finish in the points again. 27 points Magnussen has scored now. Yeah. Magnussen was my turbo driver this weekend. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's worked out well for you. Worked out really well for you. That. Yeah, it worked out really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's Haas is seventh in the championship right now and that's all points for Magnussen. Like, they could easily be fifth, maybe even fourth if Grosjean was pulling his weight. Yeah. It's, um... <sighs> I think it's not the first time I've said this year that I, I think Grosjean might be one of the drivers we're seeing in their last season of F1, to be honest. He's had plenty of opportunity in Formula 1. He, I mean, he's one of the yeah. only oh, yeah, drivers totally. that I've ever heard of to non-champion drivers to come back yeah. after a, a hiatus. Lose his drive, get bumped back to <clears throat> GP2 as it was then, and then come back again. <laughs> and he... It's, it's frustrating. It's like He has flashes of brilliance, like... On the right day, he's a very quick driver, but he also has days of just being one of the worst ones out there, sadly. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he seems to really have his head... We've said this before, but he, he seems to have his head in a bit of a dark place at the minute. Yeah, definitely. In in terms of 
you know, sporting kind of behavior as, as sportsmen do. Like if your head goes, then you're really going to struggle and mm. his head is well and truly gone right now. Kind of like what happened to Kvyat last season. Yeah, exactly. The, the lucky <laughs> thing for Grosjean is he doesn't drive for any Red Bull <laughs> yeah. team. So he'll probably be here till the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got a, we'll get onto Leclerc later on, but like, if Ferrari don't want to move him straight up, like Haas is the obvious next place for him, and it's it's yeah. got to be at the expense of Grosjean, I think. Um, so for the rest of the race, obviously Hamilton led the whole thing. He never, he only ever really looks briefly under threat at the um, safety car restart, but Verstappen kind of had a wobble through the last corner to put an end to that, and he was kind of cruising, I think, for the rest of it. I think it was only really before and after the pit stop where he turned his engine back up. The rest of the time, it was just cruising home. Um, Nice solid drive. I believe Hamilton now holds the record for races won at different circuits or something along those lines, I think. Which probably says more about how often circuits change in the modern era of F1 compared to yeah. when the likes of Schumacher were driving around. But there you go. Yeah. No one would have seen this because this is a podcast, but I just looked at Chris as if to say, oh. <laughs> fun fact dropping in there. Yeah, another fun fact. Um, Verstappen was a solid second. He... um. Never really looked in threat, did he? He, like I say, no. he caught Hamilton briefly once. No one ever really seemed to get close to him. <clears throat> um, it was nice to see Raikkonen being allowed to pass Vettel and then go off and chase down Ricardo. Um, honestly, I was waiting for them to come. I do wonder, actually, if he hadn't got past Ricardo, would they have made him slow down and swap places again? Um, mm, you, you'll be wondering. Mm-hmm. That's that's for Ferrari to know when you. Yeah, exactly. Chris, that one. <laughs> um, it was helped by the fact that Ricardo, for that, from what I've read, they still don't seem to quite understand it. But Ricardo just seemed to be shedding bits of front wing on both sides for the entire race. Like if you look at all the, there are sort of some photos after the first lap with all the carnage, front wing was fine. By the time he gets to his first pit stop, having had no other incidents, there's a couple of bits missing from the right hand side. Then he gets to the next pit stop. There's another bit missing from the right and a chunk of the left missing. His front wing was just like disintegrating for some so, reason. Sounds like overbaked carbon fiber. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Your yeah. bombs brittle, are failing. Brittle fi- carbon fiber, maybe. <clears throat> so yeah, that didn't help uh, him seeing off Raikkonen. They did have a nice little battle for a bit, but um, <clears throat> it, it sort of looked a done deal for Raikkonen in the end. Um, Magnussen was our favoured uh, best of the rest um, which was mostly thanks to a MGUK failure for signs towards the end uh, I mean signs was really impressive all weekend for me like he's where did he qualify he was right up there wasn't he um, yeah seventh he qualified um, again best of the rest <clears throat> in qualifying and he should have been best of the rest in the race if not for this failure yeah and he's, he's a little bit of a stint in third <laughs> thanks to the antics of some in front of him yeah <clears throat> it was a nice touch having a, a Renault running in the top three at the French Grand Prix didn't last very long but it was nice while it lasted yeah I bet the French fans were buzzing yeah I love <laughs> that the ones who could get there anyway yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it was um I heard someone say that the traffic situations were worse than Silverstone at the worst of Silverstone which is a, wow. a damning review yeah I've seen quite a fair few jokes from people who have been around the sport long enough to remember the last time Paul Ricard was on the on the calendar yeah. saying things like, yeah, I remember why this now got scrapped off the calendar because you could never get there. And <laughs> yeah, similar I mean, comments. What, what happens when you have a race at a test track, I suppose. But um, yeah, talk about that in a bit as well. Um, 
Yeah, like Leclerc, I think we have to talk about. He was just so impressive again. Made Q3, put it eighth on the grid um, ahead of one of the Hasses. Um, again, lots of just amazing defensive driving from him to bring you home in 10th. Yeah, I think going backwards in the race shouldn't be held against him in no, that. No, not just considering the car he's in. Yeah, because he was potentially outperforming the car to get it up into eighth in the first place and maybe got a little bit lucky with, for example, Grosjean sticking it in the wall in Q3, meaning he was automatically going to be above him. Yeah, so, one less to be. <clears throat> and with the pace of Magnussen in the race, I think that 10th, in retrospect, is probably about right for him. I think it's probably... In fact, it's definitely better than that car should be doing. Oh, sorry, <clears> yeah, especially... but I'm thinking from eighth, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'd, oh, I'd, yeah, I'd have expected amazing. him to lose probably two, maybe three places, so to bring it home in the points is still a good result, realistically. I mean, again, Ericsson down in 13th. Yeah. Um, a lap down. Leclerc was actually on the lead lap, in He fact. was the last person <clears> on the lead lap, I think, as well, yeah. wasn't he? yeah. He was only two seconds behind the Renault of Nico Hulkenberg and uh, not much further down the road from Carlos Sainz in the Renault. And the Renault is widely held to be the best car of the rest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Which Sainz showed, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I I think I said this to you guys on Sunday, or on Saturday, actually, just that qualifying performance alone might have just ended Raikkonen's career. Like, <laughs> yeah. If Ferrari don't move him up next year, then I honestly don't know what they're thinking. Like, it's sort of saying young drivers need a bit of time to like find their feet, but the way he's driving, just get him in a fast car. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's also now equaled his teammates' uh, career points <laughs> within <laughs> the space of half a season. Not even half what? a season. Yeah, round eight. Really. eight <clears throat> yeah, eighth race. Eight races to get the same points Ericsson's got in what four seasons. Yeah, four seasons. And I, th- yeah, I so. think the comparison of the Sauber not being a good car becomes redundant when you think that Ericsson's had just as much opportunity to get those points yeah. this season. Oh, absolutely. If Leclerc's yeah. done it the in half a season, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we need to talk about McLaren Ooh, again. Do we oh. really? <sighs> do we? They quali- qualified. 16th and 18th um just embarrassingly off the pace um what is abysmal about this team is the budget that they are throwing into yeah this car not, they've wasted a hundred million yeah on Renault engines that they didn't have to spend by switching over to Renault because they could have just stuck with Honda and being exactly the same as, as it turns out they probably would have been more or less the same with the Honda. Granted, the Honda's slightly slower still, but still. Yeah. Um, and then there's all this business that surfaced at the weekend, and I take it with a pinch of salt, but given the given the staff Freddo's <laughs> as a uh, as a bonus, for those of you listeners who don't know what a Freddo is, a Freddo <laughs> is a cartoon frog-themed chocolate bar. Worth <laughs> around 10 pence locally. <clears throat> Or is no, it no, more 20, these days? 25p yeah. now. Oh, wow. That was probably 10 pence when we were tweet. kids. <laughs> my favourite tweet of the whole weekend was like, everyone's losing their mind over McLaren staff being given these Freddos. The real crime here is that Freddos now apparently cost 25p <laughs> and not 10p. Yeah, yeah that, <clears throat> that is the crime right there. But you're like, there's no way for them to hide. Like, you look at this race result. Renault engine cars were 2nd, 4th, 8th, and ninth. 
and McLaren were 16th and 12th. Like, they are lost at sea. There's, after all last season, they were saying how good their car was. It's only the engine laying them down. And it's clearly not. Yeah. Well, not this season. No. Well, I need to remember my source on this because I can't remember it. Um, so it's not really that credible until I do. But hmm. I have seen something around that apparently they're having some serious issues getting what's happening on track to tolerate with yeah. what's happening in the wind tunnel, which is why they are having so many issues getting the aero package right. Now, again, I can't remember where that has come from. I've just, I know I've seen it over this weekend. I saw it as um, well, yeah. So, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that. Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely not me making from, it up then. <laughs> yeah. It's from a reliable motorsport source. The version of it I saw basically said at this point they're just throwing bits on the car and hoping for the best. Yeah. yeah. So they, they use the uh it's not it's certainly not the wind tunnel because it's the wind tunnel in Cologne, um, owned by Toyota and they are one of many, many racing racing teams around the world that use that wind tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the Le Mans champions. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the wind tunnel. <laughs> it's then someone needs to go in there and really, really. They need an external person to come in and, and yeah, and sort of do some fact finding, work out what's. I wrong. mean, do we think changes up the top are needed though between us? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it comes down to when a team when this happens at a team, then it comes down to the people in charge making the decisions, doesn't it? They're the people who are to blame. So we're looking yeah. at, are we pointing fingers in Boulier's direction? Uh, whoa, 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 I'm not pointing fingers at the individuals. I just, I'm, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to do that. But I do think that, you know, certain promises from from people coming in haven't been kept. You know, and I'm looking at sort of, you know, sponsorship. There was a big promise when certain new people came about making making loads of new sponsors come in. And yeah, they, I they, mean... They, that just hasn't happened. Simply hasn't happened. That is like Zach Brown's thing. What he does is he's a commercial guy. He finds sponsors and yeah. I, I couldn't even you, name you a McLaren sponsor right now. The fact that they don't have any new sponsors, make, sponsors makes you wonder where his focus is. Yeah. Is, is it on something other than bringing in new sponsors and is that why the car isn't performing as it should be from what he said recently it sounds like his focus is on fernando alonso and indycar yeah but it's like when you're failing at one sport why would you spread yourself even thinner yeah it's oh it's dark days i'm I'm, I'm fast falling out of love with that team just based on everything you know i'm not liking what i'm seeing coming from that corner like think that's my thinking thing. of like i started watching f1 in like 96 97 and when i think back to the race that i watched then and the drivers i sort of supported then and now you see williams and mclaren just languishing at the back it's really sad like mm. these are the teams i grew these are the teams i grew up watching that got me into the sport these are the teams that are the reason i'm sat here talking about it now mm. and they're nowhere and you know it's you can argue that it's because it's more of a manufacturer sport than it's ever been, but you know that's not stopped Red Bull winning four championships in the last few years and yeah. still being on the podium every other weekend. Precisely, dark days. It, it, it's it's not a good time, and what is a little upsetting, I think, is I remember 
back in Australia, Fernando came, I want to say, fifth, sixth, something like that. And do you remember those words on um, his post-race interview <laughs> of, this will probably be our worst performance of the season, and he's yeah. not matched it since? If anything, no, he's struggled to finish in the points in the last few weeks. What, backwards. two retirements and then this weekend a retirement? So Yeah, they're yeah, going backwards. They really are. Three, three times in a row is... I mean, see if Honda want to give you engines again at that point. <laughs> I think Honda have had less retirements this season now than, than McLaren. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I'm just waiting to see things turn around for them. I just don't see where it's going to come from. I'm just complete, completely at a loss now at this point. We, yeah. should, we should move on because we're slagging them off a little bit. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, seeing Alonso going in the space of a week, going from winning. Uh, Le Mans to being last in an F1 race is the frustration damn. showed yes yeah, it, it was a harsh yeah. crash back down to reality for him in McLaren wasn't it yeah yeah. He, he was really frustrated all weekend he so he had a little bit of a running with Vettel at the start of the, I think lap 3 or 4 um, where Vettel was obviously just beginning his charge from 17th up to 5th and um Vessel went around the outside and uh, Alonso immediately started complaining that he'd hit him, but he, he Alonso had lost it before yeah. before Vettel was anywhere yeah. near him. So just to think, and he, and he was really unsportsman. Like his radio message went, was something along the lines of, I hope he has damage, which ah, it like went down a little bit in my estimations when he said that. Yeah, Alonso. like you say, it's just those, that frustration starting to boil over in him again, I think is losing patience and again as we've said multiple times I think he knows he's only got a certain amount of races left in F1 his mind's made up isn't it I think so Um, yeah let's move on is there anyone else we want to talk about particularly from the race Um, I suppose we should talk about the winner (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) it was sort of cruised home really it was a smashed it didn't he yeah Never really looked in doubt after. Once first corner had shook itself out. Yeah. Never really looked in doubt. What I'm interested to know your guys' impressions of just Paul Ricard as a circuit in general. I mean, we went into this expecting a pretty professional race. I, um, I was. We didn't I get. felt I was slightly more optimistic. You were more conf- confident. I, I was yeah. optimistic about the, the potential of one and two and then the chicane in the new chicane in the straight, the maze chicane, yeah. whatever they've decided to call it. It's got multiple different directions on it. But we, had, we did get a lot of overtaking there, I think. 81 on-track overtakes, apparently, and 39 of which were with DRS. So, yeah, that's kind of... The DRS ones are going to be down to that chicane. So, you know, that's half of yeah. them with DRS, half without, which is... But, you something. know, Bottas was running side-by-side side with people through chicanes. I know it's a more superior car to what he was overtaking yeah and i think that you know if those two went through the entire field that's like potentially anything in the range of 30 overtakes between them you know because if they make 15 places up each that's 30 overtakes straight in the bag for the race so i think the the statistical side of it is a little bit skewed by the fact that those two ended up at the back yeah probably makes it sound better but i do think we still saw some decent racing in places um yeah and i think that with future improvements to the car and aeros combined with that track you would probably see some good racing there i think yeah it's, it's shown some promise yeah. definitely mm-hmm. especially for next season i think you're right there tom um 
my, I do worry that if we'd not had a big accident in the first couple of corners, that it wouldn't have shook out quite the way it did. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, but you know, no taking away from it, it was a it's a it was a cool track. I, I also think that we wouldn't have had the incident an, an incident like that if there wasn't so much runoff. Like one one of the, I was talking about was yeah, today, they the drivers did appear to take a few more risks than they normally would just because they knew they could get away yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, now. Obviously, it's up for up for debate whether or not that is right because some would say that a traditional racetrack is better because you're more punished for mistakes. But if it's going to make um, more agreeable racing, then yeah, you know, there's a compromise to yeah, it somewhere. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You, you know, if you if you want the traditional gravel trap as soon as you cross the white line, you're going to get drivers being more cautious and taking less risks because they don't want to end up in that gravel trap that, that will more than likely end the race in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. But if you have all the runoff, then you're going to, in theory, like you say, get better racing because people will take slightly higher risks because there's more chance of them being able to recover if they are run off the road or run out of track and, and so on. So yeah, totally. it's, yeah, it swings and roundabouts for me, you know. Yeah. For me, the beauty of it is it's it's quite a unique track. Yeah. There's not really hmm. many other tracks like it on the calendar, and that's that's the cool thing about Formula. One. There's no there's not really any two tracks in the Formula One calendar that are the same. I would say. Would Would you agree with that? Not really. I mean, you've got your classic ones like like Silverstone, Hockenheim are kind of samey, I guess. But even then, they've got their own like they've got unique yeah. unique features. They? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think you've got similarities, like Chris is saying, and you've definitely got tracks that you can uh, sort of from watching previous races and things like that, you can pinpoint and maybe say, you know, this is a a real limited track or a power track or a, you know, yeah, an yeah, aero course, track. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes, you'll get similarities in that respect where certain cars are stronger or even certain drivers are stronger because certain drivers have different preferences, I guess, don't they, into like high-speed corners and yep. slow-speed corners. Um, yeah. And so you do get that, but I agree with you that, you know, maybe it's just us being such long-term fans and following the tracks and the drivers and everything for so long, but yeah, I feel that I can <clears throat> I can pick head. out corners and tracks and and different things like that, and I feel like I know most of the tracks other than, say, something newer like Paul Ricard that's not been in this format before, I, honestly, like the back I of my hand. often had no idea where there were in Paul Ricard. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the one downside. Such is, just like... No uh, is one that I still struggle with occasionally. Um, yeah, it's a bit. It's got smacks a bit of Valencia of streets. Oh, Valencia. Uh, <laughs> yes, Sochi, yeah. It's a bit like that's a bit of a dull track in that regard. But you know, it, it wouldn't <clears> do for all tracks <throat> to be the same. I think it'd be a pretty boring championship if we only went oh, yeah, to totally. like race circuit Silverstone style circuits, or if we only went to street yeah. circuits. You know, it's nice that it has that variation. They're saying that the focus with the new tracks that they want to get in is going to be on street circuits. But I would say just beware of that because you don't... Formula One is great because it, it does have that variation. And if you take that away from it, it basically just becomes Formula E. Yeah, and the other thing as well is it comes back to this age-old argument of it's supposed to be the pinnacle. But for it to be the pinnacle, I think that you should be going through those different variations of tracks. Um, totally. Like, yeah, you've got to remember, sort of way back before it was officially FIA Formula One, the World Grand Prix Drivers' Championship, or whatever it was named originally, you were visiting 
oval tracks, endurance tracks, race tracks, street tracks like Monaco. You had like literally yeah. a little bit of every kind of known motorsport across the world. And even the Indy 500 was part of the World Championship mm. series uh, because of the fact that it was such a big race. And it's kind of where the Triple Crown comes from, I guess, in a way, is because these races were yeah, considered the pinnacle races, so they should be in the championship. And I'm not saying we need mm. to go that far and endurance race them, but because <laughs> it would never last. <laughs> get them down to Lydon Hill Rallycross. <laughs> get them over, get them over <laughs> oh, a that. Well, yeah, I, I think they um, do need a little bit. Uh, they need to keep a mixture and not so- focus solidly on street or solidly on circuits. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah. Um, going back to Pro Ricard, um, <clears throat> pretty much all the drivers were asking them to remove the chicane from the big long back straight, which <sighs> don't need to. Well, this is the interesting thing. I was sh- I shared your opinion on that because I mean it was where the majority overtaking happened. But Anthony Davidson on Friday practice said something really interesting because he's done thousands of kilometers around that place um, in World Endurance Championship testing. And he said, from doing that testing, the fastest way, although, you know, it's a very, very twisty, a lot of high speed corners. He said the fastest way to get around that track in a World Endurance Championship car is with the ultra low downforce Le Mans setup. Um, because of that massive, massive straight, you just go flying down it. Yeah, but so, what that means is the rest of the track then becomes that much harder because you've got that much less downforce. Yeah. So actually ditching the chicane might make the racing better because you're more likely to generate mistakes. So, so you're thinking so more also, Monza set up. It be- yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It becomes a really, really difficult Monza, doesn't it? Which the other track that we have on the calendar right now that is the same as that is Baku, which was probably mm. the best race of the season so yeah. far. Yeah. Mm. So the FYI have said they're going to look into just having the fullback straight next year, which be interesting. There's definitely there's a definite trend towards having ridiculously long straights. Yeah, definitely. Minute, like the Miami circuit. Mm-hmm. If, for those of you who've seen it, which doesn't look like much, but it's got two. It's like seventy five percent straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, should we move on to the awards? Yeah. yeah uh move of the day um oh watching the highlights earlier i noted a couple down um there was vettel and hulkenberg went around the outside of him which was quite nice i thought um the two for me were the bottas one when he was coming back to yeah. the field he him and perez went side by side through turn one and two um and then when he passed Grosjean, on there was side by side through that long long right hand yeah uh, the um, and sort of squeezed the Perez down. one was the one in my head when we were talking about Bottas being able to make turn one and two yeah. an overtaking spot uh, a little earlier on. So I think that sticking in my head as much as it has is probably the one for me. Just the way it was good driving oh. from both of them. You're giving me casting vote, and I spent most of the day watching Vettel's 17 overtakes, <laughs> uh, 11 overtakes, and watching Alonso complain over team radio. So, uh, any Vettel's ones any good? Yeah, so Vettel did a couple of good ones. I thought his overtake on Alonso was a bit of a banger, to be honest. The one yeah. that Alonso claimed that he knocked into him it was actually yeah. Alonso hitting into Vettel, and Vettel held it together. That was probably my favourite move, so I think we're, we're hung on that one. <laughs> Jury? <laughs> Is, are we a jury? Um, <laughs> something like that. For, um, I'd probably lean towards Bottas taking Perez if that makes any difference. That gives it a win, uh, I guess. So, yeah. 
Okay. Majority. <coughs> if you like that as well. Majority tomorrow. vote. We'll give it to Bottas. <laughs> I don't know if Bottas has won move the day before, so we'll give it to him. <laughs> uh, driver of the day, the official one being Sebastian Vettel. Oh. I feel like Stu might have something to say about that. For me, look, look, driver of the day. Like, he's, he's taken a car that's not worthy of eighth place, <laughs> and indeed didn't didn't win eighth place. Not yeah. worthy of qualifying eight, eight, eighth place, but it did, um, and he finished in tenth. And um, yeah, fair place to the kid. Yeah. He's, got, he's got in the points. He's he's smashing his teammate. What what more do you want from a young driver? Absolutely perfect showing from him. He's had a great weekend. Driver of the day for me. Yeah, it's. I think it's either the, agree with all of that, or I think Carlos Sainz as well was really yeah. impressive all weekend. He should have been best the rest if not for that last uh, last minute failure. Rescued by the VSC. Very much rescued by the VSC after uh, Stroll's front tire fell to yeah. bits. Yeah, it cost me a few points there. <laughs> Mag- yeah, Magnussen would have had him on, but my fantasy league. Uh, he would have done, yeah. Not to be. Um, I'd have maybe given Magnuson a little bit of a shout as well. I know he was helped out yeah. by... Yeah. Well, technically, I, I don't know. I was going to say he was helped out by the two colliding up front early on, but Vettel still got back past him. So he only technically yeah, gained true. one position from that, I guess. But he started ninth and finished best of the rest in ninth, sixth. Yeah. So while it wasn't necessarily um, anything stellar of a drive, it was competent and he got the car home realistically as high as you possibly can against the the field that he's competing yeah, totally. against. So and I do think even if it wasn't for Sainz's uh engine failure, he was catching signs at that point. So he might yeah. have ended up with sixth regardless, I think. Um I think it's still Leclerc. I'd me. I'd happily give it Leclerc because we love him, don't we? We do. He's our new favourite. <laughs> no bias here. <laughs> you know, I can't. I I can't wait for next year when you've got Leclerc, Russell, and Norris all. That'll be brilliant. Oh, yes. for, it will be brilliant uh, for positions. If 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 Norris and Russell get decent drives next year, it's going to be amazing. I mean, they're one and two in the F two championship right now, so yeah. you'd certainly hope so. I think quick, Ru- Russell's almost certainly going to get Force India seat. I think. Yeah. Quick shout out to George Russell. Actually, congratulations on a on a massive massive win. Yeah, to monster get your, drive that was. Right back in contention for the championship as yeah. well. Um, unfortunate for Norris, he uh, he had a stall on the grid in the first race, and he he managed to salvage it in the sprint race on the second day. Um, and yeah, great yeah. great results for both. Well, great results for uh, for Russell. And exciting times leading us into a good running for the yeah, championship. Yeah, there's not many points between them though. It's it's just a shame to veer into F two talk for me. It's just a shame that the clutch problems are still oh. having such an effect on that championship. Yeah. Like with Russell, uh, Norris, um, Nick DeVries, um, like there's so many. I think really talented about... drivers in that series right yeah. now, and so many of them have been just screwed over by yeah. these clutch problems that aren't really their fault. It's yeah. like it's just like a, a flipping a coin with the starts in that series at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's the same for everyone. It is the same for everyone. That's very true. Yeah. Um so drive of the day F2 I guess Russell because we talked to him for a yeah. while. <laughs> and drive of the day F1 will go for Charlotte Clark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, honestly, <laughs> what the f- are we doing here? Uh, I'm going to start with mine. I'm going to open up on this. Go for Ooh, it. Go. My WTF is to the world <laughs> for voting for Vettel <laughs> for the driver of the day. What are you thinking, world? Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, qualify third, crash into someone, two finish fifth. Two people, yeah, finish fifth. 
drive of the day. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. It seems like whoever makes the most overtakes, yeah, best driver. It really day. is. And, and they the, weren't even like stellar overtakes either. They were all DRS assisted, and they were all down the Mistral straight. So yeah. I, I think, given a slightly different scenario, um, and it being somebody punting Vettel off, and then him coming back through the field in that yeah, manner, totally. fine. But yes, in the manner where he's the one that's caused the incident and he's ruined somebody else's race as well, I can't see how you can give somebody drive of the day for doing that. Yeah, just it's baffling. It was by a a relatively thin margin. Um, I think he got about seventeen percent and uh, seventeen, seventeen, and and Verstappen got. I think fifteen percent. Yeah. So, so basically, in it. so basically, people were just voting for their favourites. Well, Verstappen is what gets was happening 15% right there. Every week for being called Verstappen. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. And, then and Vettel probably gets the... 15%, 16% every week for being yeah, Vettel and being in a Ferrari. Yeah. And Leclerc was third, um, voted third by the world yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So that's that's my one. What about you guys? I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say Vettel for just once again while he's leading a championship, doing something stupid. But you, honestly, I talking about the driver of the day has annoyed me now, so I'm going to agree with you. Just everyone who voted for Vettel, is my <laughs> listenership down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, to avoid offending anybody <laughs> with, <laughs> with their ears tuned in right now, um, I'm going to specifically say Vettel himself for just making such a mess of that. Um, so ve- vague agreement then. Yeah, v- <laughs> Vettel and/or his fans. <laughs> um, right, it's we're, we're into. We've had race one of our three back-to-back races. Yes, for the first time in F1 history, which is. Um, I feel sorry for all the people who work in Formula One at this point. It's a hard life. <laughs> uh, a couple of little bits of news leading into the Austrian Grand Prix, which is this coming weekend. Uh, we've got a third DRS zone. Ooh. Um, it's Ooh. now DRS uh, down the pit straight, then up the hill into turn three, then another one down back down the hill into turn four. That's that's breaking news. That yeah, the previous the previous two were the pit straight ones and the downhill to turn four ones. I think so. The uphill one is is new. It's not what it said Which, on my map earlier today. That's, that's this is the, very new that's, news. That's new. That's new news. Um, to be honest, up the hill into turn three was already an overtaking point, so I'm not sure if adding DRS there is necessary or not. But we'll might help. Yeah, Austria is such a short track; like a third of the track is DRS zone. At this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get actually the, the straights are straight. I mean, the third, where's the third one? Where's the new? Which one's the new? That's one? the new one. The, the new one, one is three. Yeah, yeah, yeah one, put it, two, that's a pretty good place actually. If you can get a good exit at a turn one, turn one, yeah. It's a quite a quick corner for for the sharpness of it. You can get through there in like fourth. Yeah. So should be some overtaking up there. That's good. Hopefully. Um, the only other real bit of news is that Renault are finally bringing the MGUK up- upgrade, which I've been talking about Ooh. for a while. Um, they've said they're definitely sticking on the, the uh, Renault cars. Um, they're leaving it up to Red Bull and McLaren whether they want it or not. Um. <laughs> So we're interested to see how much of a difference that makes. I mean, Renault themselves have already been getting quicker and quicker as the season goes on. So it'll be, fun to see. It'll be especially fun if Red Bull don't take it to see how much closer it gets uh, Renault to mm, the Red Bulls. Yeah. I mean, they've got to take it, haven't they? You would Surely. think so, yeah. 
I think the trouble is, especially I think Dane Ricardo would probably take a penalty if they did do it. Um, the McLarens almost certainly would. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Carlos Sainz, of course, his energy UK was the thing that failed, so that's probably a penalty for him as well in uh, Austria. Something to remember when we move on to uh, predictions, <laughs> which I think is actually where we're at. Um, yeah. Shall we do the results for predictions? Yeah, we should probably cut. Do we have to? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> yes, Chris, we do. We do, Fine. because there's a sticker on the line for somebody out there. So we definitely oh, yeah. have to yeah. cover it. Um, Nick Hamilton sticker. Yeah, the Nick Hamilton sticker. So what we'll do, I guess, is cover some results from this weekend and then do our predictions for next weekend because it's one of those many mm-hmm. back-to-back weeks. Um, Chris, you scored absolutely nothing, which I guess is why you didn't want to be involved. In I'm this. so brutal. I'm consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> there is that. Um, I was gutted in turn one because I had Bottas down, didn't I? But I luckily managed oh, yeah. to have Hamilton for Paul and... Stroll as finishing 17th, which with where he DNF'd, he was. So that's two points for me. And Stu, you got the winner in Hamilton. Um, so that yeah. was a point for you. So I closed the gap a little bit on you, but not by much. So you're still way ahead of me. Um, yeah. More importantly, though, listener results. Um, so in the huge, huge competition for a Nick Hamilton sticker, um, we actually got six people all score three points this week. So joint first I'll place. I warm up the photocopy. Yeah. <laughs> joint first place was Will Housden, who got Hamilton qualifier winner and Stroll seventeenth. Um, Speedy McSpeedface, who we still know, don't know your real yes. name. Yes. You also got the same guesses correct. <laughs> um, Eric Richardson also got the same three points. Uh, Dominic Poole got Lewis and Lewis um, with the correct number of finishes at 15. Um, Will Parker got the Lewis, Lewis and Lance Stroll correct. Uh, and Chris Priest got Lewis and Lewis with Gasly as first DNF and was actually the only person to go with Gasly for first DNF. Um, and actually, there was only two people that got the number of finishes right. So other than Dominic Poole, it was Tim Fostfett who got 15 finishes as well, but unfortunately didn't get much else, so he wasn't in the running hmm. for the sticker. But as you can tell by the order I read them out, William Housden is the winner this week because... When it's tied, it's about who predicted first, and he was the first out of those six to um, to predict. So he wins the sticker. Yeah, well done. So we will get in touch. William. Yeah, we'll get in touch with you, William, and Stu will send you a Nick Hamilton sticker. Um, in terms of the overall leaderboard, that um, Henrik Lindoff, um, I believe, is retaining his position at the top there. I need to I think so. I yeah. need to start checking these in advance, but he's on 15 points overall. Uh, Dominic Poole's not far behind him with 14, and Jake Petroski is also up there on 13 points. So that's your top three. Tom Austin Morgan was there for a long time, but he's slowly slipping away. Don't know what you're doing, Tom. Um, yeah. Stu is leading out of the three of us. He's sat in 10th place with 10 points. Um, yes, I am. I am down in 24th place with seven points, so I'm, I'm getting there. And Chris is 47th <laughs> with three <laughs> points. Oh, so Savage. Really rough time this year. Yeah. yeah. You've got a long way 
to come. It's early days. Connect. Early it's days. It's a long late. season. It's a, it is a long, longest ever season. Yeah. 21 races this season. Uh, so. what, what is bad, though, is that there's people that have done three races that are already... Yeah, all before. right. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So I'm going to bring it all back this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, speaking of this weekend, I suppose we should. Whoa, whoa, um... whoa, just just before we get into this weekend, oh, yeah? I want to do. Um, I also want to do the fantasy league results. Since oh we, god, have you done good in that again? Time. So, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is where I've done terrible. No, I'm just gonna go through the order. So, uh, Chris, you don't seem to have changed your team since we started. Do you know what? I keep saying ne- about, about it. Neither have I, which is probably why I've been doing so bad. I've literally that, just changed it now because when you mentioned it at the top of the show, saying something about it being a good weekend for you with the turbo driver, I was like, oh, I haven't checked my team in yeah. like four races. Yeah, well, I'm not giving I'm not giving anything away about the turbo driver. You'll have to you'll have to uh, join the league to uh, see what I'm talking about there. <laughs> but a quick shout out to Scuderia Carters, who I reeled in by five points this week, but you are still number one in uh, our league, um, and then. I'm number two, Greenwood Festival of Speed, if you look at me. <laughs> and uh, position three is, if you're not fast, you're last. Uh, he's on 665 points. Um, Chris is down in seventh, and Tom, you're down in ninth on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say, having made, I think, two changes to my team all season, I'm only it's like 150 right. behind you. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. Yeah, considering I've done nothing until this weekend, <laughs> yeah. should really start paying attention it. to that. Yeah, but, um, yeah you, if you if you have, if you want to find our uh, league, it is Back of the Grid F One Podcast League. <laughs> Rolls off um, the tongue. Uh, yeah, on F One Fantasy. Yeah. Right. Should we do Austria? Yes. Let's who's, do it then. Who's, who's I was waiting for you to speak. Tom. <laughs> I'll I'll run through it. Um, <laughs> And because of that, I'm going to make you start, Chris. So, <laughs> who do you think you will be fastest at the end of Q3? Well, last year it was Bottas, Paul Bottas win. Um, mm. So far this season, every time I've said Vettel will be on pole or win, Hamilton has been on pole and won. So this week I'm going to say Hamilton. Okay. So which probably means Vettel's going to win. <laughs> um, I re- I don't know why, but I really don't want to say Mercedes here. And the reason I, I don't want to is because I feel like the Red Bull might have half a chance, especially if that MGUK thing works out for them. Maybe. Why did they do last year? They've Well, they've always gone fairly well. I think Ricardo's had a podium a couple of times a podium there. last year, yeah. yeah. Verstappen's had a couple of podiums there from memory, um, other than causing himself issues last year. So I think... Oh, it's difficult. In fact, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to say Bottas for qualifying <laughs> on one lap pace, but I've already hinted at where I might go with a win. Yeah. So, Stu, what do you think for Q3? I've got, uh, I've got Bottas for Paul. You're going please. Bottas too? Yeah. I'm, I'm going for Bottas just to redeem himself after the travesty of turn one in. It's um, about time he had some luck. You're, you're mad, Tom. <laughs> for, it, for it to take you that long to come to Bottas, <laughs> I think you're crazy, mate. No. He's, he's got it. He's got it hands down. Hands you down. Reckon, he's he's you a reckon. specialist round there. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> so win then. I will start. Seems like Chris went first last time, and I was trying to allude to a Verstappen win. I think. Interesting. Um, if if the penalties will hold up Ricardo, 
then it's and I'm going to go with the red and ball. You know, it's going to have to be Verstappen. Have a wheel fall off or something. You, you're mad, mate. <laughs> Bottas. You're going Bottas against yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That Ooh. is risky. That is risky. I'm just I'm putting, saying. My, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I can't wait for Bottas to like roll home in fifth yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going double ham. Double ham. Double ham. Double ham. Would you, would you like some salad cream with that, sir? Always. Mm. Sandwich jokes. You uh, <laughs> first DNF. Bottas, obviously. No, no, no. no, no, no Bottas, it has been said. So it uh, is. Uh, first DNF. Verstappen last year. I don't even remember why that was. He mm. bumped into somebody in turn one. I can't remember who. Interesting. I think. Uh, that was my memory of it anyway. First DNF. I'm going to go Grosjean. First mm. DNF. Decent shout. I think I went Grosjean last week. Um... Somebody did. Can't remember if it was you, but somebody did. Um, Chris, first DNF. Mm. Hmm. Tricky one. I'm gonna go for Ericsson, I think. Ericsson. Because why um, not? Yeah, and why not? Um, me, I'm thinking. Hmm. Just because the wars I expect to continue for that team, Van Dorn. I just can't see them having a good weekend. Van Dorn and... as a DNF. Yeah, yeah. That's Some... but that's one one thing they haven't been doing is having because they've not been close enough to the other cars. So <laughs> yeah, I'm them, I'm so. thinking more something's going to go pop fairly early on. Clean first mm-hmm. corner and something's going to go pop. Probably quite easily early. Renault part. Yeah. yeah. It and is, then McLaren like can those... blame manufacturers of engines <laughs> again. It's one of those tracks that is quite harsh on cars, quite bumpy in places. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple of years ago, we had those suspension failures as well. Yeah, yeah. well, they were that, that was well the sausage curbs. Oh, damn it! Yeah, I didn't use my baguette curb joke <laughs> for uh, for France. Damn. Never mind. Chance yeah. is gone. <laughs> well, you've fed us the components. I'm sure we can put it together ourselves. <laughs> Build your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who, what is next and who is next it is number of finishers and I guess it's Stu next on this one um, yeah I'll go first again we had four it's, retirements last um, year four, four last year I think probably I think four retirements again this year so let's what's that 16, 16. I'll go next and say hmm I over I over guessed by a good couple this week so yeah I'm going to be more conservative. I think I'm going to say 16, same as Stu. Somewhere in the middle of what happened. I was going to say 16 as well. Might as well. Are you sticking with it? I'm shaking my head. I'm shaking my head. (laughs) I swear that was just copying you guys. I definitely already had that in my head. Uh, Random driver. Chris, can we have the random driver for this week, please? You can. It is Verstappen. I like how you lined all that up, but waited to do it. to not. Oh, yeah. I, ne- I never, I never generate in advance to give myself an advantage. I always oh, do, do it not. at the moment. Yeah, you're a better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, I'm gonna That's have to. Stappen. I'm gonna have to go Grand Slam and say one. Numero nice. uno, bold. I like oh, it. Oh wow. Oh yeah, of course. Grand Slam for oh, me. It's, yeah, it's a much you, more you difficult to, choice for me that one because you'd kick yourself if if I hedged my bets and then he won. I'd kick myself. So yeah, rather uh, lose two points. I'm going to have him third. Third for Stu. And Chris? I think... 
Hmm, one of the Red Bulls is going to be on the podium, I think. It's just which one? Why could they both f- not be on the podium? Mm, nah. <laughs> is that too much I'm of gonna, an ask? I'm going to go fourth. Fourth. Nice. Yeah, let's call it fourth. Excellent. Um, uh, and that is everything, isn't it? Yes. That is your lot. Yeah. Um, if you want to get involved, as always, uh, just go to backofthegrid.com where you can sign up and uh, enter your predictions. Uh, as always, there's a prize for anyone who can get five out of five in a week uh, and then a prize for the season champion at the end of the year. Um, don't forget to like and share and subscribe uh, on whatever service you get our podcasts. Um, it does help us an awful lot. And leave us a review while you're there. That would be even better. Uh, if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Back of the Grid F1. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Just search for Back of the Grid and Instagram at Back of the Grid. Um, if you want to find any of us, Stu is on Twitter at Stu underscore PX. Tommy's at TomKing89 and I am at TNM Chris. Uh, so we will speak to you in a week for yet another race review. Uh, but until then, thanks for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. I just raved so hard <laughs> that I hurt my own. I hurt my own chest. I think I broke. I think I broke my sternum raving. Then <laughs> oh, it's dangerous business. These theme tune dances. Just for old time's sake, as well. I wasn't sure if you were going to mention it after your tweet, but I dug this out. Oh, I've not had one of those for ages. <laughs> I've been wanting to do one of those. Oh, I was going to get it to play one Who of these. Have we got stroll? We've never done stroll. Have you got no. the new? Have you got the new one? It can be an end of the episode Easter egg. <laughs> yes, actually, we should record a little thing and throw it in. Let me just find it and send it to you. Let me check it. See how loud it is. You're on the back of the grid, but it could have been worse. You could be starting from the pits. From the back of the grid, you can overtake loads if you drive like Danny. You can hear him laugh a little bit. We got Chris Evans, no, not that one. Stuart Greenwood and Tom King, they're bringing up the rear. Give a great bloody cheer for the back of the grid. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, the little bit of the chain at the end as well. <sighs> have you got Have you got the other one, the memory chicane one? Ah, uh, yes. Let me find it. The memory chicane one is brilliant. Oh, memory chicane's amazing. Yeah, really yeah, I've done. heard the memory, memory chicane, chicane one. In fact, I might. Add... Oh, memory chicane. That that actually cracked a few people up. <laughs> yeah. Think. Memory chicane jingle. We could go straight ahead like a train. <laughs> I do think that every time we get sidetracked and go off on a tangent about something else, or we're about, or we know we're about to, is hit that and just be like, it's definitely yeah, worth loading okay. that one in. That's yeah. so good. So I've got one. a comment to make about the 1998 season. We could go straight <laughs> ahead like a train. Could yeah. even just cut you down to the last bit of memory, okay? <laughs> Oh, we can yeah, go you could. through a memory chicane. <laughs>
it's the harmonies yeah. in it as well. Like, it's like the effort, the production value in it is actually like pretty high. I'm gonna have to crack this window open. I'm yeah, I am sweating bucket. I will take my trousers off if you don't. <laughs> this podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh